so uh, what are we calling it again? Tales from the Uncharted Territories. Wait, is this the intro? Have you already? Welcome to the Uncharted Territories. Hello. It is another. It is another fanfic week here at So Farscape Studios. I'm Kaki. Okay. And and this is the now. Okay, we'll work something out. At least we've we've this sort is, of. This is a story so far. Ah, I like that. We've at least figured out the sort of ending, and this is a quick reminder for you and me, Kay, my yeah. good friend, that at the end we're going to sign off with our favorite quotes or try from the of, from the story that we're about to read. So keep an keep an eye. Okay, well we'll just we'll just it'll just be best effort. Okay, right. Let's go for that then. But today's story is a life lesson. Yes, this was sent to us by. <laughs> yes, sent to us by Kathy, published, ooh, in 2006, written by Colonel Crash over on uh, uh, the terrafirmescapers.com forum. The purveyor of hallucinations. Where do you see that? It says it under Colonel Crash, under the name. It's like a little bio that you see on the side. Oh, God, yes, you could do those on forums. You could have a little, you could have a little sort of bio. Yikes. Oh, and an administrator on Terra Firma Escaper. We better, we better do their story justice. Well, 2005 then. I'll fix it. This story is the result of my brain getting hung up on a single line from an episode in season one. You'll know what line it is when you see it. Oh, yes. I had a note here that it was relevant up to... Oh, yeah, 105? Oh, I guess we'll find out. Oh, yes, it takes place shortly after Thank God It's Friday again. All right. Aaron's son stalked into the center chamber, looked around at the individuals who were working their way through various stages of the midday meal, and treated the entire multi-species group to an angry scowl. <laughs> the glower promised physical violence in response to even the most innocuous comment and effectively brought all conversation to an abrupt stop. Zahn gave her a cautious, benign smile and asked, Is there a problem, Erin? Crichton, Aaron said, as though the two syllables were explanation enough. Fair. Oh, <clears throat> what has he done now? Rigel asked through a mouthful of food cubes. Oh yeah, it was early days. They only had food cubes. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard an explosion in days, so he can't be attempting to learn about Moyer systems again. He's done frilling nothing, Aaron said, <laughs> in a fast, frustrated gesture with both hands. That's the problem. He said he would help me with that adjustment to the Prowler's nav system, and he never showed up. How would he know how to adjust a Prowler's nav system? Yeah, maybe, He's... maybe she needed someone to hold the wire as well. She oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Dargo let out a rumbling, sarcastic laugh. Ha ha ha! I wouldn't have believed it possible, but I think he's becoming even less useful with each passing day. Not possible, Rigel said. There's no room left on the bottom of the scale. Gosh, they're, they're really heaping on, on poor old Johnny here. Zahn made a placating, pushing gesture with both hands, and then looked toward Aaron. I'm sure he has good reason for not meeting you. It is not like Crichton to simply not show up when he agreed to be there. What did he say when you asked him? Aaron looked towards the corridor, as though Crichton might magically appear in the doorway, and then she shrugged and joined the rest of the group at the table. I haven't been able to find him. He isn't answering his comms. Probably hiding again, Dargo said. Give him three dope solar days to appear. That's what it took last time. Oh, yeah, true. 
Aaron, Gla uh, Aaron Gla glared suspiciously at the Luxon, one eyebrow performing a gradual quizzical levitation. <laughs> he adjusted and modified her expression from anger to a less potential explosive form of aggravated curiosity. Wow! Does he have a reason to be hiding? She asked finally. Not from me, Dargo said. Aaron relaxed and began assembling a meal from the meager ration spread out across the table. If he's hiding for some other reason, then his time is up. The center chamber went quiet as the message sank in. Zahn was the first to break the silence. When is the last time any of you saw him? Aaron answered, I just told you. The last time I saw him was three solar days ago at first meal. That was when he agreed to help me with the prowler. Rigel waved a stubby hand in the air. I saw him on his bed two <clears throat> I saw him on his bed two days ago. He was in the middle of the day and he was sleeping. Lazy creature. Trying to teach him how to survive here is a waste of our time and effort, if you ask me. Dargo spared a micro to snarl. No one asked you after Hanyarian. Yeah. And then he turned towards up. Crichton hasn't joined us for a meal in the past two days. I assume you were skulking for some reason known only to him. Aaron jabbed a food cube in Dargo's general direction before tossing it into her mouth. He's probably hiding because you threatened to kill him again. When did you last promise to slit his throat with your quarter blade? Or maybe you used that other wonderfully barbaric Luxon thread that you like so much, the one about pulling his intestines out through some opening in his body. Neither, Dargo said, followed by an annoyed hiss. <coughs> and Crichton scares too easily. I walked by his cell on the way to the command the other morning. All I did was startle him by coming around a corner when he didn't expect it and he went to some sort of fit. His entire species is deficient. Racist. What sort of fit? Zahn asked. Perhaps this has something to do with why he's missing. Like this, Dargo went into an extended performance that <laughs> consists of bulging eyes, a gaping mouth, and a series of gulps, wheezes, and coughs. Oh, oh. The reenactment ended with a deep, gargling noise similar to the one Moya made when one of her <laughs> amnexus drains was in the floor. She just gorged the bucket back into whatever she <laughs> Aaron grimaced and pushed her tray away. No longer hungry. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> That sounds like an election excuse for a love sonnet, Rigel said. Hi there, Zahn called over a rapidly escalating Luxembourg-Hanyerian argument. Where is Crichton? Unknown. There is no sign of him in his quarters, and neither the DRDs nor the internal sensors are currently detecting his presence. Iron got to her feet. For the first time since she has entered the chamber, she began to look concerned about Crichton's absence. That pathetic ship of his is still in the maintenance bay. I was just down there. It hasn't been moved. Pilot, Zahn called again. Would the internal sensors detect his body if he were dead or injured? Crichton, Aaron shouted over her comms at the same time that Zahn was getting an answer from Pilot. Crichton, where are you? There was no answer. Frel, she said after several more microts passed without a response. She turned towards Zahn. What did Pilot say? It would depend on what section of the ship Crichton is in, Zahn said, relaying the answer she had received. Oh, wow, she's like Sigourney Weaver in, in Galaxy Quest. As you already know, the internal sensors do not cover all tiers and chambers. If he is lying unconscious in one of those areas... She spread her hands, letting the gesture finish the thought for her. Aaron headed for the door at a run. If your ship is here, then he hasn't left Moya. He must be injured. Rigel, having ended the meaningless squabble with Dargo by the simple expedient of turning his back on the Luxon and leaving the table, floated closer to Zahn and said... Or he's managed to get lost and simply forgot to take his comms with him. Aaron came skidding to a halt half a mosher from the doorway. Everyone else stopped talking long enough to consider this newest possibility. What the Dominar had just described had happened several times during the first days Crichton had been on board the Leviathan. 
Okay, so I think this is a really fun sort of reference to the fact that Ben Browder kind of he sort of stopped bothering with his with his comms right. after I think five episodes. Oh, I think okay. this is about like thank God it's Friday again because it just couldn't be bothered. And then like his excuse on the chat was yeah yeah he uh, he was concerned about it being discovered whenever he goes to a planet like on in in thank God it's yeah. Friday again. And so he hides it on the inside of his belt. That's where it is. I mean, like the way Zan wears it on her uh, the collar, the cuff of her sleeve most of the time, I suppose. Yes, Virginia Hay was very proud that of all of them, she was the only one who consistently used it and like actually figured out, okay, I tap it to respond and then I talk into it, then I tap it again, and nobody else did it. (laughs) Okay, it was Dargo who shook his head and discarded the suggestion. No, he knows his way around Moya now. He hasn't gotten lost in well over three ten days. Oh, ten days? Yeah. Okay, I mean, that's that's an old-fashioned sort of measure of time. Yeah. Yeah. The last time it happened, he knew enough to find a ladder and start climbing until he reached Tier 1 and then worked his way back down to a spot he recognized. Aaron is correct. He must be injured. Wait, is that a threat? He must be injured! <laughs> or of sculpting over some imagined insult, Aaron said. Oh, Not for three solar days, Zan said. She held up a hand, stilling Rigel's open-mouthed, impending objection. Or even two days. Crichton may sometimes be impatient with the way we treat him, but given the chance, he always remains, he regains his temper quickly. We should find him and make sure he's all right. We should finish our meal first and then search for him, Darko grumbled. Aaron crossed the centre chamber in three long strides and slapped the Luxon's meal tray into a corner. A brief hailstorm of food cubes made a moist pattering against the walls and floor. Thank you. (laughs) I was about to say, I love the sort of visuals in uh, in this story. It's very well written. She leaned across the table until her nose was no more than four dentures from Dargo's and said, There, you're done with your meal. Now you can help the rest of us find Crichton. The sooner we find out what's happened to him, the sooner we can all resume our usual activities. Dargo's eyes flickered past her for a microt and then returned to stare into hers with a hint of triumph in his expression. In that case, we can go about our business and since I wasn't finished with my meal, you can get me more to eat. It took Aaron a microt as well to realise what he was saying. <laughs> Comprehension was followed by a fast sprint toward the door. Crichton was standing there, one shoulder leaning against the edge of the rounded opening, looking more dishevelled and pathetic than he had the first day she'd met him. Where the frell have you been? Aaron demanded, straightening him up. Straightening up. You said you would help me with that navry fit today. You don't want to know the details where I've been. He turned his attention from Aaron to Zahn and addressed Adelphian. I've contacted the intergalactic version of intestinal creeping crud. Yikes. Zan summed up Crichton's unlaced boots, wrinkled pants, sweat-stained t-shirt, must hair, and his pasty, sweating complexion before anyone else managed to figure out what he was saying and was on her feet immediately. What are your symptoms? My guts are doing their best to crawl out of my body by any means possible. I haven't been able to eat anything in a couple of days, and I think I'm pregnant by a space alien. Guilty. <laughs> oh, whoa! I assume that human males do not carry the young, Zan said. She was beside Crichton, running one hand over his distended stomach. Crichton managed to look both exhausted from the mysterious affliction and horrified at Zan's suggestion. No, definitely not. We don't have the right stuff inside for that. But he broke off and looked around at his audience. But what, Crichton? Zahn asked. You need to tell me what is happening if I'm to determine what sort of malady this is. 
He jerked his head towards where Erin, Dargo, and Rigel were watching the impromptu examination, then looked <coughs> down at Zahn. She was on her knees in front of him, cautiously prodding his stomach. Can we finish this somewhere else? The peanut gallery doesn't need to know the status of my digestive tract. Aww. If this is contagious, they have a right to know what you have contracted. What have you omitted? Has this caused vomiting? Zahn asked. Putin is the only thing I haven't been doing over the past few days. Then what else? What haven't you told us? After a <laughs> ten, five microns of hesitation, John shrugged his surrender and said, Whatever is causing this, it's sort of... I think it's a lie. It feels like something is moving around in there. Yikes. And it's the most horrible sensation I've ever felt in my entire life. Whatever it is, you have to get it out of Zan. Now. I don't care what it takes. Just get it out of there before it hatches and explodes out of the middle of my chest. Sick eight John Hurt reference there, buddy. <laughs> Some sort of parasite, the Delvian theorized. All we've had to eat for days are food cubes. Dargo's had to wait, those my Rigel boys, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't a parasiting extension that would cause infest, uh, that would choose to infest food cubes. It could have come from something we ingested on a planet, Aaron said. If Crichton had become infected, then it's likely the rest of us have as well. He never touches anything unless one of us eats it first. Aside from a mild case of indigestion, which I assume is the result of consuming this foul excuse for rations, I feel fine, Captain Rigel. You know, as a... I mean, I've, I've been an editor and a writer before, and, like, you, you always sort of struggle with the dialogue, right? Yeah. And saying, like, who says what, and, yeah. and when he said and she said. I'm getting around to that I really appreciate fanfiction in screenplay format now. That would make our lives a lot easier. Which voice do I have which, to do? Scan to the end of the line to see which <laughs> yeah. Erin spared Rigel a fast grimace and a shake of her head. Your body turns tannet root into chakan oil. I doubt there is an organism in existence that can survive your digestive tract. It's the rest of us who have to worry about this. What about you? John asked John. Are you worried about contracting Magrazuma's ultimate revenge? <laughs> <laughs> look, Space Montezuma. Oh, right. What if this is transmitted by contact? My species is not susceptible to the sorts of parasitic infections that would affect the rest of you. The possibility of cross-contamination is negligible, John. <laughs> Zan straightened up, her probing of Crichton's stomach completed. I can't make a competent determination here. She took John by the arm and steered him into the corridor. The scanner in the maintenance bay should be able to tell us what is causing this. Once I know the nature of the problem, I'm confident I'll be able to formulate a cure. Would that be before or after this thing eats up my brain and takes over my body? Preferably before, she said with a small laugh. Oh, that is a that is a well lit written Zahn line. After Crichton said at the same time. <laughs> it might be an improvement. Crichton wheeled around, forcing the Hynerian to swerve in order to avoid a collision. For the first time since he had appeared in the doorway to the centre chamber, he exhibited some energy. Nowhere are you coming with us, Buckwheat. I'm not going to put up with you running commentary on the internal components of my body while Zan figures this out. I'm tired. <clears throat> I'm tired. I'm sick. I can relate. I feel like I'm going to die. I just spent the better part of two days sitting... He paused, considering Aaron's and Dargo's presence for several microts. The past couple of days within crawling distance of the waste alcove in my cell, and I don't have the energy to put up with your crap. The three of you stay here. Zan can calm you with the bad news, or good news, if it turns out I'm going to die. <laughs> Whoa! Aaron and Dargo together. Aaron continued alone. If you have infected the rest of us with a disease, we have the right to know what it is as soon as possible. We're coming. Aside from that 
you know, look like you're about to fall down. Sam may need us to carry you to the maintenance bay. John expended another form micro, staring at the pair of warriors who were standing side by side with similar, mildly concerned frowns, and gave in without argument. Whatever. But not Rigel. One moderate-sized release from the flatulator over here, and I, and I stand a good chance of hurling all over the inside of the maintenance bay. He stays here. He turned and stumbled after Zan. Does Helium do that? No. I didn't, I didn't think so. No, no, it's, I mean, it's colorless, it's odorless, it's like... So your loyal subjects tell you. Erin <laughs> <laughs> and Dargo exchanged glances. That was too easy, she said. Crichton never gives in that quickly. He must be sicker than he looks, Dargo says. We better stay with him in case he falls down after all. Erin turned to face the domino. Rigel, you stay here. No arguments. But, the Hynerian began. No, Erin said impatiently. She turned and hurried after Crichton and Zahn. But, Rigel tried again. Crichton is correct, Dargo said in a loud gro low growl. One release from you and we'll all have to endure the added stench of his stomach contents being spewed all over Moya's maintenance bay. You stay here. Without bothering to check if he had convinced Rigel, he too hurried off in the same direction the others had taken. But I was going to say that I believe I know what's wrong with him, Rigel said, earbrows drooping in dejection. But no one ever listens to me. He wheeled his chair around and... Eh? Wheeled? Eh. Mm. Wheeled his chair around and re-entered the centre chamber. Viewing the remains of the meal, he suddenly looked happier. On the other hand, now there is more for me. Despite Aaron's gloomy prediction, Crichton made it to the maintenance bay without a problem, albeit more slowly than usual. Zahn had the scanner power up and waiting for him by the time he rounded the corner with Aaron and Dargo trailing along behind him. He circled the apparatus several times, eyeing the unfamiliar components and the various displays. You're not going to have to put me in the deep freeze, I guarantee it's arrival, are you? He asked. Would it make any difference I did? Zahn asked in return. She made several adjustments to the controls. Several hundred microns ago, you told me you didn't care what it took to cure whatever is wrong with you. Have you changed your mind? I'm worried about what portion of my body Erin might take it into her head to snap off once you got turned me into a <laughs> Living or dying isn't going to matter if I thaw out with certain bits missing. Uh, Zan laughed. I'm glad to see your sense of humour hasn't suffered from whatever is bothering you. Freezing shouldn't be necessary unless the contents of your stomach are explosive. Stand here, John. She pointed to a spot in front of the scanner. Who's making jokes? I was serious, he muttered under his breath, but followed her instructions anyway. The scan was over in a matter of microts. It took several more moments before the hollow imaging system began weaving together a representation of Crichton's midsection, working from the outside inward, performing a painless, virtual dissection of his body. Zan was watching intently, leaning closer again once it began mapping out his intestinal tract. By the goddess, she breathed after several microts. You didn't. <laughs> Didn't what? What do they do now? He asked, trying to see around her. What's wrong with me? Surely someone warned you, Crichton. This could have been fatal if you had waited any longer. It would have been fatal. What? What's causing this? He managed to crane his neck far enough, far enough to the side to peer around Zan. Before he could make any sense of the display, Dargo and Aaron shouldered him aside and leaned in close to the hollow image, blocking his view. After several microts of study, all three straightened up and turned as one to look at him. Crichton, you are an idiot. Would, said first. would someone tell me what I'm supposed to have done? John yelled. I told you, Dargo bellowed. Never swallow the dentist. <laughs> you ate one. <laughs> uh, no, 
no, no, no, no, no. John shook his head vehemently. I did not eat a dentic. You startled the crap out of me the other morning, and I damn near inhaled the damn worm. I was lucky it just went down my throat instead of my windpipe. What's the problem? I just digested it like everything else I dump into my stomach, right? He looked around at the others. Right. Oh, so it's Dargo's fault. Yeah, Zan was already at the workbench that held her apothecary and supply of herbs, selecting various vials and materials. Now, John, Edith could survive in the most inhospitable environment. They thrive on bacteria and substances we would normally consider poisonous. That's why it's so important never to swallow one. Dargo didn't explain that part. He just said never swallow it. I figured it was because they were tough to get a hold of or something. He looked down at his distended stomach. So what have I got? A 200-pound dentic in there? Am I going to give birth to a bouncing baby monster worm? Yikes. Drink this. Zan handed him a container half full of a thick, greenish sludge. I like that she just sort of had it ready. Anti-dentic sludge. Do you know what the contraceptive pill is called in German? No. Anti-baby pillin. Okay. Right? That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> so she's just got, like, anti-swallow-dentic anti, anti, anti I mean, sludge. I, I still love the American ones where they sell out this Plan B. But, yeah. Oh, no, okay, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> Bit of, like, not the same kind of innocent imagery there. Wait, no, Plan B is the morning after. It's not the, it's not the contraception. Oh, right, sorry, I'm right, yeah, I'm confused. So, sorry, yes, Plan B is... Okay, so that's why it no, sort of... God, I wish we edited these. <laughs> Thank you so much funnier. Uh, oh, yeah. Crichton checked on his audience first. Aaron and Dargo were starting, standing to one side, both with their arms folded across their chests, looking as though they were watching a particularly inept warrior who had just managed to wound himself with his own weapon. Yeah. Fortunately, they weren't saying anything. Once he had confirmed that the heckling had drawn at least to a temporary halt, he turned his attention to the flask and its contents. He started by sniffing it. God, it smells like a compost heap. Zahn gave his hand an upward nudge. Drink it, John. All of it. Uh, what's it do? He chugged down a, por- a portion of the mixture. Oh, God, that's awful. It not only smells like a compost heap, it tastes like a compost heap. The first thing a dentic does after being swallowed is consume all the bacteria in your stomach, with the sort of results you might expect. Whoa. Are there bacteria in your stomach? Well, I can't imagine there aren't. I mean, it's I mean, it seems like a... acidic environment, not just like super... I mean, yeah. There? I mean, just the stuff that comes in on the food that you've already eaten. I don't think there's like an active bacteria. Okay, I guess there's a there's a lot that I don't know. Like, yeah. are you constantly like, what do you do with the stomach acid? Did, does that go down yeah, into the gully works? Yeah, of course, that goes, gets mixed in. And then does that get like reabsorbed? Okay, well, yeah. okay, maybe this is for some other podcast explains that. I know that part all too well, Zan. Do not get more than six feet from the waste alcove. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not bother pulling up your pants, John chanted, and then choked down some more of the thick liquid. Whoa. After all the bacteria have been consumed, the dentic will begin feeding on every bit of food it can locate in your digestive tract. Which would explain why I feel like I've been on a hunger strike, John said between swallows. Once it's well fed, it begins to multiply. I don't like where this is going. Dude, I really do. I No, I, this is some really good sci-fi. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's really gross, but this is this is so cool. This is some Star Trek shit. Dr- Dren. <clears throat> Crichton gagged, choked, and spewed a spattering mouthful of liquid across several square mottras of the floor. It's breathing inside me? That's what I've been feeling? 
he stumbled to one side, holding his stomach with his free hand. Whoa, it's like a really gross tribble. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's not what he said, sorry. Oh god, vomiting is the one thing these little bastards haven't put me through so far, but I think I'm about to puke! That's why your stomach is swollen. Keep drinking, John. This cannot be happening. I cannot be the breeding ground for a colony of squirming dropouts from dental college. <laughs> Please tell me this is a bad dream. Ignoring his groans of dismay, Zahn gestured towards the flask in his hand. Drink all of it. What does this do? He closed his eyes, chugged the rest of it. Hold on, sound effect. For extra realism. And then fumbled the container down onto the top of the workbench. You mean aside from the fact that I'd like to die? Yes, sorry about that. <laughs> I really like your Zan, by the way. I'm going to start doing that as well. He stood still for several moments, looking increasingly thoughtful. Better. They aren't moving around as much. Yeah, better. What was that stuff? Poison. <laughs> poison? He yelled incredulously. You poisoned me? That's your idea of a cure? The combination of plant alkaloids and that mixture is one of the few things that will kill a dentic. In those species, it works quickly without damaging the host. They should all be dead in a few more microns. Most species, John muttered. And what if my species isn't lucky enough to be on the correct list? It's harmless to sebations. You should be all right. Come on. Carrying another drinking container in one hand, she gestured towards the corridor with the other. Where are we going? He looked over his shoulder. Dargo and Aaron were still trailing along. Why does Statler and Wardolf Waldorf have to come with us? We're going to your quarters. I believe you'll be better off there for the next few hours. And Aaron and Dargo are coming because there's no reason why they shouldn't. I'm sure they are simply concerned about your welfare. In addition, you may require their assistance before this is over. Okay, so she's she's a brilliant scientist and, and, and like herbalist, it turns out, but she is a not a well-trained medical professional. You're supposed to tell people about the treatment before you perform it yeah. and the outcome and and not leave these dramatic mysteries. John's snort of disbelief came at the same time as the two barking laughs behind him. He glanced behind him again. After viewing his escort for several microns, he said, I guess I should thank my lucky stars. This isn't an intergalactic version of America's funniest home videos out there. At least that way, I don't have to worry about them following me around with a video camera. Whatever that means, John. <laughs> said. God. Here we are. The foursome turned the corridor and entered John's quarters as a group. The Delvian guided him towards his bunk and then handed him a second drinking container, smaller than the first one. Drink this. John reacted the same way as he had with the first por portion of the cure. He stuck his nose into the top of the flask and took a hesitant sniff. He smiled, took a small sip, swallowed, and then sucked the remainder down in a hurry. Chocolate! It's the first thing I've run into out here that tastes even remotely like chocolate! He handed the empty container to Zan. Can I have seconds? I doubt you will want a second serving. Oh, God. How do you feel? All three of his companions were watching him closely. John looked around at them, increasingly nervous as a result of their profound level of interest, and then let out a quiet belch. I will spare our listeners at home the sound effect. Not bad. A little overly full, maybe, but I'm feeling a lot better now that the bait farm has stopped moving around. How am I supposed to feel? I had some of to drink of that stuff once. It took me all of ten microns, Aaron said. She looked towards Dargo. How about you? I lasted no more than twelve. He looked towards Zan. I believe Delvians as a species are fortunate enough to never acquire this particular cure. How long has it been? Nine microns, Sansa, and then continued counting. 
Amazing, Aaron said. We have finally discovered something that Crichton can do better than the rest of us. What am I doing better than the rest of... Oh, 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 oh. John turned a light green shade of pasty white and began easing towards the waste alcove. What exactly was that stuff anyway? Zan interrupted her counting to explain. Mipipipi, the dead dentics must be purged from your body, John. Otherwise they putrefy inside your stomach and create a particularly virulent toxin. Uh, sorry, I, I was going to do your Zan. You would be dead in a matter of arms. Nineteen, twenty. This is quite remarkable. Oh, God. John groaned in a voice that had become thick and guttural. He had one hand over his mouth while the other was holding his stomach. I don't like the sound of purge. With one more half-strangled groan, he spun around and bolted towards the waste alcove. Twenty-six minutes, Zan said. I was beginning to think... Twenty-six microts, Zan said. I was beginning to think I got the mixture wrong. From inside the waste alcove came the sounds of a horrendously sick human violently ejecting the contents of his stomach. After several microts of unpleasant noises, the coughing and retching came to a stop. I appreciate the euphemisms. Oh, God. Zan, that, that cannot have just come out from inside my body. That's disgusting. That's what happens when you swallow a dentic, Aaron yelled back a bit. Uh, That's what happens when you swallow a dentic, Aaron yelled back at him. <laughs> he was pale and sweating, but looked happier than he had just an hour earlier. I'm never cleaning my teeth ever again. He took a step towards his bed. Zan caught him before he could move any further. No, John, you aren't going to want to leave the waste alcove just yet. This is going to take a while. A while? How long is it? Oh, no. He whirled and bolted out of sight. It's like in Harry Potter when Ron is hurling up snails. Oh, yeah. Someone will have to stay with him until this is over in order to make sure he's all right. Zan looked toward Aaron. You and he have formed a friendship? No, Aaron said. My dear, someone... Someone else will have to stay. I'm not going to stay in his quarters and listen to that, she gestured towards where they could hear Crichton being explosively sick to his stomach for the next several hours. What about him? She jabbed a hand in Dargo's direction. He was the one who taught Crichton about dentics without warning him that this could happen. Dago should be the one who has to stay. No, 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 the Luxon protested, both hands waving an accompanying denial. Listening to those sorts of noises makes me spew as well. Unless you want to clean up after both of us, I am not staying. Dargo headed for the door with Aaron on his heels. Then we all stay, Zan called after them. In a way, we are all responsible for not adequately cheating Crichton about these sort of dangers. Therefore, we should all remain here until we are certain that he is well on the way to a full recovery. Hell yeah, Zan. Zan! No! Came the simultaneous protests. Yes, Sid. It shouldn't take more than five or six hours for him to clear the latest of the dentics from his digestive tract. I'll spew, Dargo said, slumping down onto Crichton's bed. I have used that argument myself to get out of chores. Aaron perched on top of the storage shelves and glared in the general direction of the waste alcove. It took longer than anyone in the history of the known universe to respond to the emetic. How do we know he won't set a new record for this? <laughs> <laughs> the sounds of another bout of vomiting drifted out to them. This time, even Zan grimaced in response to the unpleasant serenade. <laughs> we must be. Patient, Aaron asked. Hopeful, Zan said. We must be hopeful that it does not require a great deal of time. <laughs> well, it's a 
an interesting scene. I mean, like we've all been at in situations. Look, where we had to yes. For someone uh, in our company who was having a particularly bad spell of uh, something. Yeah. I have been immensely grateful to those who've provided that service to me. I've been very proud to be there for my friends who, uh, you know, misjudged their limits or even later in their life and they, you know, when they're on certain medication and then they realize, oh, you can't do everything and then you, yeah, it's a, it's a good thing to, you know, it comes to a point where all you can do is just another glass of water. Yeah, just, pat them on the back. It's all <laughs> going to be okay. Yeah. Hold their hair. Yeah. <laughs> Triton wandered into the maintenance bay one hand for the food cubes and the other holding the largest drinking flask they had on board. He's got his appetite back, good. Yeah. Stepping over and around several pieces of equipment, he made his way toward the prowler and the steady stream of sedation that was coming from somewhere close to the sleek craft. Since most of the soliloquy... Uh, soliloquy. Soliloquy. Soliloquy, jeez, what a word. It's like a monologue. Yeah. Was getting past his microbes without being translated. He assumed it was a fluent stream of person. Okay, I'm fascinated about this again. The fact that it was coming from Erin provided some insight into a side of her personality he hadn't had an opportunity to see yet. The side that knew how to swear like a space-going sailor. Yeah! Hey! He yelled. The swearing stopped and Erin appeared in the cockpit. I didn't expect to see you out of bed so soon, she said. Those species would require at least two or three solar days to recover from what you went through. One night's rest is remarkable. How are you feeling? I like this. Aaron doesn't often get get written as you know in the in the stories that we've read so far. It doesn't get written as like sympathetic and and, and caring. She, the, everybody goes for the sort of brusque thing. I'm really digging this story, like a newly flushed radiator, which is to say that I've been cleaned out from stem to never mind to where. <laughs> I feel better than expected. He gestured with the food cubes and the flask. Zan says once I catch up on some meals, I should be fine. Wait, hold on. Isn't it a terrible, terrible thing to be sort of to be without like intestinal yeah, flora. You kind of have to like restart it carefully. Yeah, you know, by, right? by eating like, you know, muck. Like, yeah. yeah. Like uh, vegetables with the uh, with the muck still on. I mean, I suppose, suppose it would actually be a good thing in like a in an oh. environment here when everything kind of gets reflushed with local microbes as long as they're compatible enough with your own. I mean, that must be the problem for everyone. They must have yeah. Oh, maybe the translator microbes have more than one function. Oh. Huh. Right? Yeah. Okay. Erin right. slipped down the prowler's ladder, landing lightly enough that it made no sound. <gasps> Ooh. She ducked under the nose and opened an access panel on the far side. All that showed of her was the lower half of her legs. Crichton squatted down, admiring as much of the view as he could see. You were foolish not to say anything when you swallowed the dentic, Crichton. It's not a pleasant way to die, her disembodied voice said. Starving to death, you mean? Aaron crouched down where she could see him, peering under the belly of the prowler. You would not have survived long enough to starve. Dentics will eat anything, Crichton. They are useful and serve their purpose because they are never allowed to feed to the point that they can begin to grow and to breed. But until someone discovered that they could be put to beneficial use, dentics were used as a method of assassination. Yikes! I'm not getting your point, he said, after which he jammed half a dozen food cubes into his mouth and began munching. Ducking under the prowler, Aaron walked over to John and squatted down beside him, turning one of the larger laser, laser probes over and over in her hands. Once they reach a certain stage, Dentix will eat anything in order to stay alive. Anything at all. You were very close to that stage. The scans showed that they had consumed every last bit of matter in your digestive tract. They would have begun feasting on something else very soon. Crichton struggled to swallow his mouthful of food cubes and looked down at his stomach. I haven't eaten anything in two days, he mumbled through a mouthful of crumbs. 
That may have slowed the process down. If you had eaten, they would have bred faster and you would be dead by now. Why the frell didn't you say anything when you swallowed it? Straightening up, Crichton wandered over to a workbench and hopped up to sit in it. Aaron, you and Dargo bust my chops about every single one of my mistakes. Your mistakes can get any one of us killed. You have to learn, and you have to learn quickly. Yes, Aaron, learn. Uh, sir, yes, learn, Aaron. That doesn't mean my, get my ass busted every time I do something because I don't know the difference between right and wrong. The two of you let me blunder around and then stomp on me when I screw up. That's not teaching me. It's standing around doing diddly squat until I make a mistake and then rubbing my nose in it. After enough of that sort of hazing, it gets easier not to ask and have to wade through all of your ridicule just to get an answer, which is why I didn't say anything this time. If someone gets killed because I screw up, part of it's going to be your fault. Whoa! She got to her feet as well and wandered away from him. Still with her back turned, she asked, If I agree that you have a point, and this doesn't mean that I am agreeing, then what do you propose as a solution? Deal. Aaron turned around, looking suspicious. What kind of deal? John hopped down from his perch on the workbench and went over to stand next to her. You stop treating me like the village idiot and show me how some of the things works around this oversized cross between an aircraft carry and a polywog. I'll teach you how to learn on your own. <laughs> Suspicion morphed rapidly into anger. I know how to learn. Damn right you know how to learn. I know you can learn, Aaron. I'm talking about a different way of learning, though it's... Stop to think for several moments and continued. It's like what you did when you figured out what was wrong with Rigel. How did that feel inside your head? She shrugged and looked embarrassed. Mm, pilot helped. I heard a little bit about that. Answer the question, though. How did it feel inside your head when you were figuring out what had happened to the Hynerian hydrogen bomb? Unpleasant. Unfamiliar. I didn't like it. Until it was over and you had it figured out, he said, prompting her. Yes. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You felt that because you would have ever... You felt that because you weren't ever taught how to learn something new by all by yourself. I'm trying to say that there are other ways to learn things than being bludgeoned over the head when it's too late. John paced a short distance around the maintenance bay, absent-mindedly rubbing his stomach. Look, it's the way you've been taught things all your life, Aaron. I understand that you're putting me through the same sort of training you've always been given. This is incredible. Yeah. Which is, she asked, interrupting him. You're used to field strategy exercises, which only test your ability to apply known techniques to new situations, after which you get punished if you screw up. He made another circuit around maintenance bay, energized and thinking hard at the same time. You were never taught how to learn, he said, putting stress on the word how. I don't see a difference, Erin shook her head. This is a waste of time. Wait, let me explain it another way. When she didn't leave, he took it as permission to make another attempt. Hmm. You want me to help you reprogram the nerve systems in the hot rod, right? How do you think I figured out how they work? Oh, here we go. There comes the answer. Oh. I've never seen any of that stuff before, Aaron. They didn't offer intergalactic programming 101 at MIT. I just stick my nose in there and see what it's attached to what. No one showed me how to do it, how it functions. I teach myself. This is so good. Her tone when she answered was speculative. I assumed it was similar to what you had in your ship. Not even close, John waited, giving her time to work it out. Instead of teaching me how to adjust the nav system, you're proposing to teach me how to teach myself how it works, he she pointed, said. He pointed at her with both forefingers. You got it. Oh, he's doing finger guns. Yeah. Erin was beside the prowler again, looking toward the cockpit with a quiet sort of eagerness in her eyes. She turned to look at John, the enthusiasm cooling under the weight of suspicion. 
And what do you want in return? He ran thumb along his lower lip and then scratched his head for a moment. Two things. First, you stop busting my butt every time I botch something up that I don't know jack about. You can't expect me to do anything about Dargo, she said. I'll take care of Dargo on my own. He's my problem, not yours. She nodded. All right, I agree. What's the second thing? There are skills I need to survive around here that I can't pick up on my own. You agreed to teach me those sort of things, preferably without shooting me in the process? Crichton took a long drink out of her flask, put the cap back on it, and waited for her reply. Aaron waited. Aaron watched him for several microns, her head tilted to one side. Give me an example. You can start by teaching me how to fly the transport pod. She spun away from him with a frustrated, Oh, for Frel's sake! He went after her, gesturing with both arms, his voice rising with each additional segment of his argument. What? You think I can't learn? I can teach how to not... I can learn how to not eat a dentic, how to lock myself out of my own quarters by accident, how not to frill up the internal comms from the entire ship because I was trying to reset my comms, and best of all, I can learn how to do things with the nav system of your currently useless dragster parked over there that you don't have a clue how to adjust when we jump from one part of the galaxy to the next. Why is learning to fly the transport any different? Go get him! She turned on him, forcing him to back up several steps in a hurry. Okay, I guess there are limits. Because if you make a mistake while I'm attempting to teach you, we both die. No shit, Aaron. According to you and Dargo, nine-tenths of the things I do every day can get us killed. This won't be any difference. Is it a deal or not? She looked between Crichton and the Prowler several times, grey-blue eyes examining invisible facets of what he was proposing. The ability to adapt to fast-changing conditions would prove would provide a tactical advantage, she said at last. He grinned, both eyebrows raised in cheerful inquiry. That sounded sort of a, like a yes. Was it a yes? Do we have a deal? Yes, we have a deal, Crichton. He hooted and bounded across the maintenance bay, heading for a workbench covered in testing equipment and tools. Snatching up half a dozen tools, he ran to the power and scrambled up the ladder, shouting, Johnny's enroll in driver's ed. Come on, I'll show you how to figure out how this bad boy's nav system works. It's a good place to start the learning lessons because it's really one of the simplest systems you've ever seen. It's a beautiful design system, Aaron. You should be proud of the peacekeeper who thought this up. That's really nice. She went up the ladder right behind him. Five microns later, they were both jammed into the cockpit, heads together. Aaron listening intently as John explained how to begin the mystifying process of learning something entirely on her own. The end. Thanks for reading by Colonel Crash, purveyor of hallucinations. Wow, this was really good. Yeah, it was a fantastic story. I like that. Wow, okay, and it's and it's followed by quite a few comments about people like enjoying the enjoying the story. I will be I will be adding our own on both of our behalfs. You are Okay, you are forbidden from terraformaescapers.com. I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is uh, that is not safe for K. But thank you so much to uh, Colonel Crash, apparently an administrator of terraformaescapers.com. Fantastic forum, and I think it's like the second incarnation. I think it's uh, the, there was something that came before it. I'll figure that out. And also to Kathy for recommending it to us, and thank you to you, our listeners. We will see you next week with Season 3, Episode 2, Sons and Lovers. Do you have a... F- I told you to look out for a favorite oh, quote. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay.
Okay, so I think that was, it was quite at the beginning, when it was like Aaron glared suspiciously at the Luxon, one eyebrow performing a gradual quizzical language. Yes, yes! Just modified her expression from anger to a less potentially <laughs> explosive form of aggravated curiosity. Yes, I <laughs> All right. Bye, see you next week. Bye -bye. We're waving. Bye.